And I'm so excited for today and the message that we're going to be sharing. Today we're kicking off a, a, a new three-week series, and this series is called We Are Numa, all right? has nothing to do with the colors that I'm wearing today, because I think I'm a little brighter than the Numa color, you know what I'm saying? But we're kicking off a series called We Are Numa, and I am so excited to share this. And I have a surprise for the end of the service that you guys are going to watch on the screen. And I can't wait to share this surprise. And I know a few of you guys know, if you're part of our school, there's an email that went out from me on Friday. But guys, stay quiet. All right, don't say, don't tell your neighbor yet. All right, I want you guys to, everybody, be able to soak it up and see it on the screen uh, now at the end. All right. But what is Numa? That's a question that I was thinking about, you know, when I was preparing this message. You know, what is Numa, and what does this church mean to you? You know, what does this church mean to you? Because uh, for me, man, it, it means so much. All right, uh, I got to this place when I was 18 years old, and I'm 43 now. Babe, am I 43 or 44? 43, right? 44. 44. Oh my Jesus. Hold on. Let me just soak that in for a second. Oh man, I just woke up this morning thinking I was 43 and I just got some bad news here. We're all about good news. What are we doing saying bad news in this place? All right, so I'm 44. I got here at 18 years old. All right. I had given my life to the Lord not too long before that. And this has been my home church, man. This has been the place that I've grown up in and just seen God do some amazing things. And I know that this church has a very special place in the hearts of many of you guys that are here today. I know it has a special place for many of you guys that are watching through that camera, including the guy behind the camera that, by the way, the Heat beat the Lakers last night. All right, listen. Man, that was sweet, man. It was by two points and with you guys missing a shot. It, it, it couldn't be any better than that, you know? I think the only better is like Jimmy Butler hit a buzzer beater, but that was good enough last night, all right? But anyways, I know that for you guys that are behind the camera, us that are here, this place is very special. Um, just this week, my wife and I went to, a, to the celebration service of a pastor uh, that passed away and... Uh, for many years, he pastored here. He was one of the pastors on staff, him and his wife. His name was Omar, Pastor Omar. And uh, when Pastor Edwin went to open the church called Presencia Viva, Pastor Omar and his wife Gina went with him. And we blessed them and, and all that. And it's been good. We have a great relationship. I have a great relationship with many pastors in this city. I love the body of Christ and I love the pastors of the city. You're never going to hear me up here speaking bad about a pastor or a church because I don't think we're about that. We, we need to edify each other. We need to build each other up. We need to encourage each other. And a lot of times pastors are going through such a hard time that the least that you need is another pastor bashing on you. You know what I'm saying? So we went to that celebration service. I think it was Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night, and we were out there. And there were so many people that were there in that celebration service that, that I hadn't seen in eight years, ten years. There were some people there I haven't seen like in 12, 15 years. And they're coming, and they're talking to us, and they're asking, how's the church doing, and what's God up to, and all these things. And, and my wife was like, baby, you got to make sure that you keep, you know, the physical distancing, and, you know, watch the handshakes and the hugs and everything. But I was like, man, I couldn't help myself, man. I haven't seen some of these people for so long, you know, that 
And this pastor came to me, one of the guys that was here on staff. He goes, I, I need to ask you for a favor, Chris. And I'm like, what, what's that favor? And he might be watching. I don't even know, man, but I'm just going to throw this out there. He goes, when I pass away, can we do my celebration service at Numa? And I was like, you don't even congregate here, man. You're like somewhere else. And he goes, but that place has such meaning for me. Can I have my celebration at Numa? I'm like, bro, you gave me a lot of headaches, bro. I, I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to answer you right now. Just with what I'm saying, some of you guys might pick up on who it might be. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm going to think about it. You know? And he goes, I want dance that night. I'm like, we don't do dance no more, man. <laughs> like, he was talking about all these things, asking that he wants Pastor Max dancing and stuff like that. <laughs> For those of you guys that are young, you know, coming to Numa and everything, we used to have dancers during the service, right? And we used to have male dancers, and Pastor Max was the one that led that group, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> you see Pastor Max ragging on my shirt, you know, he don't know that I'm going to have the mic after, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> are you coming up here in the second service too, man? Because I'm going to say the same thing. <laughs> And the question that I have, you know, <laughs> the question that I have is, you know, what is it about the spiritual family? You know, because it's just more than a building, you know. We drive by this place and we look at the place and, and, and it's all nice, and, but it's more than that. You know, what, what, what is it about this church? You know, what is it about the spiritual family that that so many people enjoy and love being a part of it, you know. Uh, so many memories, so many life-changing moments that I've had as part of the spiritual family. There's been moments that, that I've been in this place in a worship service and the Holy Spirit has spoken to me and I've fallen on my knees with tears in my eyes. And there's moments that I've been here by myself with nobody here. And, and it's incredible because I'll just come with nobody here and pray over this place and pray over you guys. And I'll still sense the same presence of God that when the place is filled with all you guys. There's something very special that goes on in this place. And I remember not too long ago, a friend of mine, uh, Pastor David from one of the churches here in the city named IHOP. And Pastor David was here. We were hosting a conference with Pastor. Because those that know me, I love hosting different events and things. Anything that could get the body of Christ together, I have no problem in hosting those things. And, and Pastor David came to me and he goes, he goes Chris, I, I want to let you know something. There's like, there's like a portal that is open over this place. He goes, there's like a doorway to heaven. He goes, man, I try to make that happen in my place. It doesn't happen. But I come here and it's like if there was like a gateway between heaven and earth in, in this place, what, what do you guys do? And I'm like, uh, we love Jesus, you know, <laughs> we love God and we worship him and we go after him with all our heart. But, but he was trying to put into words what maybe I'm trying to define uh, this morning. So, so what is Numa? What is Numa? We're kicking off a series today. We are Numa. What is Numa? Because even the name is a little funny. You know what I'm saying? And, and some people are like, uh, what does that mean? You know, so if I'm going to start by explaining what is Numa, let's talk about, about the name uh, for a moment. All right. And by the way, today's message, we're kicking off the series is called We Are Numa. Today's message, okay, is called A Breath of Fresh Air. 
a breath of fresh air. Because for me, at the end, you're going to hear it, that is Numa. All right? So what is Numa? All right, well, to understand this, can you come with me to your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18? 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. And it says this, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed, the veil of not knowing Christ, and that veil has been removed, you can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. That's a very powerful scripture that, that, that we're reading here this morning. And, and the Apostle Paul is trying to describe what happens when the Spirit shows up. And he says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, and by the way, the, the Lord is the Spirit, you know, and if I'm going to try to explain that to you, we might be here till like 10 o'clock tonight. You know what I'm saying? Trying to explain that, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all one and the same, but they're different. You know, that's, that's kind of a crazy thing, all right? But I'm just here to tell you that the Spirit is not a watered-down version of God. All right? Holy Spirit is God. All right? And we call Him the third person of the Trinity because, yes, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, but He's no less than God the Father and God the Son. And, and, and the Bible here is talking about the Holy Spirit and what He does, and He says that when we get to see, when that veil is removed, we get to see. And it says that we reflect the glory of God. I think if there's something special about this family is that somehow there's been a veil that has been removed and we've been able to see God for who He is. And when you see God, it says that you reflect His glory. You see, when there's nothing in between you and God, the Bible says that Moses would go into the presence of God and he would come out of there glowing. If you think my shirt is a little bit fluorescent today... <laughs> Well, you got to see Moses' face when he got out of God's presence. <laughs> Forget about using electricity at home, man. That boy was glowing for like three weeks after that. So Numa, it's when the Spirit of God just moves upon our hearts, upon our lives, and all of a sudden there's a glow of God. There's a life of God that starts to, to manifest. Where there was death, now there's life. Where there was disappointment, now there's hope. And, and, and this word pneuma, by the way, okay, it appears in the New Testament every time that the word spirit is used. Every time that the word spirit appears in the New Testament, remember that the New Testament originally was written in Greek. And the Greek word for spirit or Holy Spirit, okay, in the New Testament is pneuma. So every time Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, he's talking about pneuma. When Paul is speaking about the Spirit, the word that appears there is pneuma. What does pneuma mean? Well, it means breath. Pneuma means breath, okay? It's like air, but that comes from God. That's amazing, all right? So... If pneuma, 
okay, is the breath of God. The breath of His Spirit is Holy Spirit. Okay? Now that we know that it means this, all right? Now, what distinguishes a Numa church? What distinguishes Numa church from all the other churches, okay, that we have in the city? And, and I want to I, I wanna make an emphasis on, once again, good churches that we have in the city. We have good churches. We have great pastors in the city. We have a great pastor. A lot of them are personal friends of mine. Actually, this week I'm getting together with two of them just to have lunch and see how they're doing and encourage each other. So, we're, we're, But we know we have a place in the body. Because when the Apostle Paul is talking about the body of Christ, he says, listen, we're all different. Okay, and he uses an example of a person's body to explain, okay, how the body of Christ is. And he goes, listen, some of you guys are an eye. Others are an ear. Another one is a foot. All right. The eye looks very different than the ear. Let me tell you that. All right. And the foot looks very different than the hand. But they're all part of the body. And they all need to carry their function. So whenever you and I feel like saying, oh, why is that church weird? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Maybe you're a foot and you don't understand the function that the hand does, which is very different. All right? But let, let me tell you what I believe. I believe that if we're an eye or we're an ear or we're a hand, let's be the best eye that we could be. Let's be the best ear that we could be. Let's be the best hand that we could be. Let, let's do our function and do it well. All right? So... What distinguishes Numa from all the other churches? There's four things that I want to mention that come to mind. Number one, write this down, presence. Presence, all right? I just prayed before I came, well, when I was up here, before I started speaking, because I said, man, I just sense such a presence of God in this place. And let me tell you, presence for me is so important. We were... Not too long ago, Pastor Milton and myself, we were in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with my pastor, Pastor Larry Stockstow, and we were in a thing called Pastors University. And, and Pastor Larry is very practical, and he tries to make us be focused on things. And, and he told all the pastors that we were there in that room, there were like 40-something pastors. And he goes, guys, I want you to think of your church for a moment. And I want you to write one word that to you describes your church. It can be two words, three or four. One word that describes your church. And you see everybody's like thinking, like, man, what do we write down? You know, like different things. To me, it was one word, presence. I didn't even have to think about it. What describes Numa? Presence. If Numa is spirit, and the spirit is the presence of God manifest, to me it was presence. Numa, to me, Okay, when I think about Numa, I think about the presence of God. And for me, the presence of God is so important. Because, guys, I can preach to you till my face turns blue. And if God's presence doesn't move upon your life, nothing is going to happen. If God's presence is not the one that's changing the heart, nothing is going to happen. At the end of the day, I've known that we put systems into place like growth tracks, small groups, dream team, and all. But God needs to breathe his presence upon that in order for life to happen. Because we can try all these things, and if God is not there, nothing will happen. And that was Moses' prayer. See, Moses is with a million and something people in a desert. You imagine being, okay, every day of your life for 40 years 
with a million something people and you're the one that leads that group? That's crazy. Because even when you're like, I'm going home, going home means like walking into your tent in the middle of the camp with those million something people. You know what I'm saying? And Moses is having this discussion with God because they're about to enter the promised land. They're about to go into this place that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And these are promises that have been like 500 years in the making. And they're about to go in there. And God tells Moses, you're not going in. And Moses has a question. And that question appears in Exodus 33. Okay, verse 15 and 16. Listen to, 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 to what Moses says here. Then Moses said to him, this is Moses talking to the Lord. And Moses said to him, to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless your presence goes with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What a powerful question. He's telling the Lord, Lord, the only difference between us and everybody else is your presence in our life. If your presence is not with us, there's no difference. You're the one that, that when you come upon us, there's a distinction between us and everybody else. Who's going to go with us into the promised land? Who are you sending with these people? I'm not going anymore. That's what Moses is saying. I'm not going in, you know, and you and I have this great relationship. So if I'm not going in and, you know, you and I are tight, who is going to go? Because I need your presence to go, Lord. And you know what? As your pastor, that is my prayer. My prayer is that his presence, okay, would be manifested. Can you say that word with me right now? Manifested. That his presence would be manifested upon our lives, upon our families, upon our marriages, upon our children. Listen, the manifest presence of God. And I want to make an explanation about, I want to like clear this up, what that means, because there's a difference between the omnipresence of God and God's manifest presence. Okay, and I heard a pastor speak about this, and he spoke about it wonderfully. I'm like, man, I'm writing that down because I'm going to use that one. I'm about to use it right now. All right, and you're the only people that are going to hear me say, I heard it from a pastor, because there's this thing, all right, the way that us preachers do it. The first time you give credit to who it is, okay? The second time, you're like, I heard somewhere, you know, that, the, and by the third time, you say, the Holy Spirit showed me this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm going to give credit right now. I heard a pastor say this because he was explaining the difference between the omnipresence of God and the manifest presence of God. And he gave an example. He goes, imagine that you are in church and two billionaires walk in through the door. Like, man, I received that in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? Two billionaires walk in through the door, okay? And they're both sitting in your service. Now, the difference between omnipresence and manifest presence, like one of them could be sitting there in the presence of everybody and not make a difference. But the second one could say, Pastor, you know what? At the end of the service, I want you to make a line because everybody that is in that service, I'm going to give a million dollars to. Okay, I would clap for that, man. That would be amazing. So listen, one is sitting there, but nothing is happening. 
the other one is sitting there and is manifesting himself with what he has. You see the difference? I want God's manifest presence upon each of our lives. I don't just want God to be there. No, I want all of God's goodness to be manifesting upon our families, upon your job, your business. Like, Lord, I want you here. And I want you to move. Do your thing, Lord. Do your thing. Do what you need to do in, in, in our lives. All right? So, Numa is a place where it has pleased God to manifest His presence. Isn't that powerful? It has pleased God to manifest His presence and make Himself real in our midst. What a great gift. I wouldn't trade that for the world. Other churches have a lot of great things. You know what? Like that song says, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. That's what I want. Number two, guys. The second thing that when I think about what Numa Church and our spiritual family is all about, what comes to my heart is the word family. Write that down, family. Family. All right? Because I really believe that Numa Church is a family. You know? And in every family, you know, you have great relationships and we have the crazy uncle. You know what I'm saying? We have one of those crazy guys standing in the back over there. Stop kneeling down, Manny. It's you. All right. He's a Nika, you know, and we love Nika, but Manny's peculiar, you know. Every man, we all have our people in our family. But at the end of the day, we say, that's our tribe. Those are my people. <laughs> so you guys are laughing, but you guys are hilarious. All right? Family. I want to tell you, and not too many churches could say that there's a family atmosphere. Not too many. Because they grow so big, so many different things are going on, and, and that family sense is lost, all right? A family understands that everybody has his place. A family understands that everybody has his role or her role within that family. And it's a special place. And listen, in a family, there should not be any competition. Now, I know I have kids, I have brothers and sisters, and I know that my boys, when they're playing outside, they're playing hard. And I know that as they grow up, they're going to play even harder against each other. You know what I'm saying? And who wants to win it? And there's a moment where that kind of competition, but at the end of the day, they're still brothers, man. And at the end of the day, you know, one of the things that I love about, about my kids is that they're rooting for each other. You know, my son JJ plays basketball and David plays basketball. By the way, David won yesterday. I was so excited. We got, we got the coach over here wearing a Shaq jersey. He got so excited, he pulled out the Shaq jersey today, man. <laughs> and we won by, by two points on a nail-biter overtime game, man. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. But Jeremy played on Friday night, and David is there rooting on Jeremy. And then David played yesterday, and Jeremy's like, Daddy, can I sit on the bench with him because I want to root them on? You know, because that's what family does. We root each other on. You see... When there's not that healthy atmosphere in a family, sometimes we don't like each other. We don't want to spend time with one another. 
you know, we talk bad about this one or talk bad about that one. That's not what we're about here at NUMA. We're not about that. We're about honoring each other. We're about giving each other value. We're about how can I add to what you're already doing? Because it doesn't take away from me, okay, to come and push you to be better. doesn't. I'm not competing with you. We're doing this together because we want to advance the kingdom of God. And in Acts chapter 4 in the Bible, there's some amazing, amazing story that is recorded. Something remarkable of when the church started. Okay, back in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, 32 through 35. Read, read the scripture with me. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing, can you say that with me? God's great blessing, not just the blessing, God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. These people were thinking so much of the other person that they were even getting rid of their own properties and taking the proceeds, their earnings, and bringing it to the apostles for the apostles to distribute to those that were in need. That, that is thinking about the other person. That is what families do, guys. Because in a family, if you know that your brother, your sister, your cousin, your uncle is in trouble, you're going to look out for that person. For example, my sister-in-law had a surgery about a month ago. And my mother-in-law and father-in-law have been in New York for a month taking care of them. They didn't even think about it. They, he just called me and goes, Chris, listen, I need to go. We're going to be over there. We're gonna, I could do all my meetings through Zoom. I could do all these things. I need to. Family looks out for one another. And that's what was happening here. They were looking out for one another that were like, what does it benefit me to own this house if I have all these people that can't even afford to buy a meal? You know what? I'm going to sell this and help these guys over here. That's what they were doing and giving the money to the apostles. And I want to tell you, that's not any different than stuff that has gone on in here. And I need to highlight just an example that came to my heart and in my mind because there's a beautiful family that is part of our NUMA family. And two years ago, when we had a government shutdown, a lot of the government employees for about a few months, they were getting paid until that whole thing got solved. And this family from the church came to me at the end of the service. And they go, Pastor, listen, do we have people in our church that are, you know, working for the government and stuff like that? And I told them, yeah, this and that. And they go, well, we want to help out. And these people did something that, it takes a lot of guts to do. You know what they did? They took out a check, signed it, and left it blank. And told me, Pastor, talk to whatever family that we have that is going through that situation right now and fill in the blank so that we could take care of their mortgage payment, their food, their light bill, 
all the you anything that they need for this month is on us. I had that check in my hand. I was like, can I just put Christian Garcia on it? And, just, and I was like, I got a couple of things I can solve with this thing. You know what I'm saying? I held that. And I want to tell you the feeling that I had. That was holy. Because a holy moment is not just when we're here. We're, the holy moments happen like that. But a family that would come and give me a check, put it in their hand with their signature and say, PC, just fill it. It's like, that is holy right there, man. Man, I took that thing so serious. I was like shaking with that check. You know what I'm saying? And we found a beautiful family from our church. They're leaders in our church. They, they're uh, small group leaders. And both the husband and the wife have been unemployed. Uh, not unemployed. They hadn't gotten paid because of the shutdown. And I went to them and I told them, listen, guys. I need you guys to give me what are your month's, you know, uh, expenses. They're like, what do you need that for? I'm like, somebody from the church just gave me the money to pay for it. Those people, they, need, they just started weeping. They just started weeping. They're like, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, guys, you better sign that thing quick. You know what I'm saying? Before these people call me like, hey, man, this is crazy what we did. Just give me that check back. You know, it's like... <laughs> Oh, you're not going to believe this story. It doesn't end there. It does not end there. I got to get them together one day in the uh, welcome lounge at the end of one of the services because they didn't know. The first family didn't know for who had, they had given the check. And the family that received the check didn't know who was the family that had given the money. So I got them all together, and that was a Kodak moment. You know what I'm saying? It was quite a moment. Some of you young guys are like, Ko what? Kodak. All right. Picture, picture moment, selfie moment. Yeah, I got to explain it to them. A selfie moment, all right? They're like, who? Kodak. <laughs> and the story doesn't end there. You know that the family that received the check, praise God, they were able to get out of that situation, and now they're good. They're very good. At the end of the year, they came, and you know what they did? They go, Pastor, we want to pay this forward. We're writing a check for the amount that we received during that whole month so that you could give it to a family or split it up into three or four people that might need this money right now in the midst of the whole coronavirus and everything that's going on. You imagine that. That's what families do. That is what Numa Church is all about. Can we put our hands together for Jesus this morning? And Jesus said it like this in John 13, 35. He said, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's what he said. Those are Jesus' words, and that's what's happening in this place, church. That's so amazing. The third thing, okay, that comes to my mind when I think about Numa, the word purpose, purpose. I'm big on this word. I love purpose. Why? Because in Numa, we understand that each life has purpose. Actually, you could be a visit and you walk in through that door. And if you're visiting today, you're tuned in through that camera today. I believe that you walked in here because God has purpose for your life. You're not just filling up space. You're not here just to exist. 
God has purpose. He thought you out before He created you, man. He thought you out. Look what Ephesians 2, okay, verse 8 through 10 says. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says this. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Many times we thought it was, but it's not. So none of us can boast about it. Now listen to this part of the verse. For we are all God's masterpiece. Can you look at the person next to you and just look at the masterpiece? Love it. I love it. It's a masterpiece. We are all God's masterpiece. Some of you guys like, I think God like put an extra stroke here. No, he did not. All right. He didn't mess up. We're all God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we could do the good things he had planned for us long ago. There are good things that God planned for you and me long ago before we existed. And He created us so that we could do those good things. That's His purpose for our life. And here in Numa Church, we're big about purpose. We're big about you discovering your purpose. Actually, one of our phrases of our vision is up on one of these banners that are up here. Okay? It's this, live on purpose. I want you to live on purpose. I want you, when you wake up every morning, understand that there's a purpose that is getting you up out of that bed. That God is counting on you to make a difference in this world. That you and I can live on purpose. And you know what, guys? That's what our growth track is all about. I'm going to take a moment and speak about that because I know that there might be people that are here or watching and they're like, I've never done the growth track. You need to do the growth track. There's going to be some assessments that you're going to do there to help you figure out what's your purpose in this life. I don't want to have a church, okay, that you guys are just saying, yes, sir, to everything the pastor does, but you don't have an idea of the way that you're wired. I want you to find out the way that you're wired so that as a pastor, I can cheer you on into the purpose that God has for your life. I want to see you walking in your purpose. There's nothing more amazing than when you see somebody walking out their purposes in their life. When you see somebody and you're like, man, that person was born for that. It's amazing. Just two weeks ago was the Super Bowl. And I don't know how many of you guys were going for the Tampa Bay, but I want to talk about their quarterback, Tom Brady, for a second. Because I've never been a Tom Brady fan. I hate the New England Patriots. I'm a Dolphin fan. And we've been in the gutter for so many years, man, like... You just look at the people that are doing good and you hate them. And you're like, why am I not there? You know what I'm saying? But Tom Brady and the Patriots, man, these guys were like arrogant. You know, they were like, and their coach and all. But Brady left and he went to Tampa. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty nice, you know. And all of a sudden, he takes the team to the Super Bowl. First year, he gets to that team. He takes that team to the Super Bowl. So people were asking me, PC, who are you going from? I'm going for Tampa. Why? They're in Florida. And there's no other reason. They're in Florida, and I'm a Florida guy, you know, so I'm going for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And other people, oh, Patrick Mahomes and this and that. And I think he's like a Steph, a Steph Curry, but in football, you know what I'm saying? Amazing. But I was going for Tampa Bay, but I could not believe Tom Brady at 43, right? 
the age that I thought I was this morning when I woke up and I just found out that I'm 44. But anyway, Tom Brady is 43. He's one year younger than me. And he wins, what was it, Pastor Max, his sixth or seventh Super Bowl. He passed Michael Jordan in rings right now. Seventh Super Bowl. When I was seeing him play, you know what I was telling the people that were, he goes, I just told them, just enjoy greatness. You know why I like to watch all these players? I had somebody the other day, yesterday, I was wearing a Kobe thing, and he goes, are you a Kobe fan? I'm like, no. I mean, why are you wearing Kobe? I'm like, oh, they gave it to me as a birthday thing. But you know what? I love to see greatness. Because I want to tell you something. We were all created for greatness. And when you see it and you see somebody living out their purpose, you're like, there's something in me that is attracted by that. When you see Messi or Ronaldo or one of these guys, and you're like, how in the world do they do what they do? You're like, there's something in you. Or you hear a musical piece from somebody, you're like, that is incredible. And let me tell you something, Numa Church is all about purpose. I want you guys to know and discover your purpose and make a difference in this world. Because let me tell you something, guys, we only have one shot at it. And it goes by quick. I was talking to my kid Jeremy the other day, and I'm talking to him, and he's seven years old, and he was asking me questions. Jeremy could talk a lot and ask a lot of questions, you know? He's a talker. And he goes, Daddy, do you remember when you were my age? And I'm like, man, I feel that it was like two weeks ago that I was your age, you know? He goes, what happened? I'm like, that's the same question I'm asking, you know? Like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know what happened, man. It just grew. <laughs> But life was a lot simpler when I was that age, you know? Purpose, guys, is big. It's big. And Numa's about you discovering your purpose and, and living your purpose here. And number four, I'm closing with this worship team. You guys could come. Okay? When I think about Numa Church, I think about presence, I think about family. I think about purpose, and I think about a breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh air. With everything that is going on in our world today, doesn't it seem that sometimes like you're gasping for air? Doesn't it seem like your, your breath is being taken away, and it's not like, take my breath away, it's not that song, you know? Remember that song, and it's like you're looking at the lady in red, and it takes your breath away. I don't know why I always unite those two songs, but they have nothing to do with each other. But this world has a way of taking your breath away, and not for the good things. And stuff that has been happening now, you're even saying, how in the world are these things going on? And, and when we think about this, I remember growing up, I got into three fights growing up. All right. Pastor Max, how many fights did you get into? I'm not even going to get it. Liz is like, woo! Like, hey, bro, you got to watch out who's sitting behind you, man. You guys at home, you guys are missing this over here, man. I got into three fights growing up. All right. 
And one of those fights were, was with a kid named Julio. I still remember to this day, man. I have a great memory. And I remember that Julio, while I was getting ready, like, you know, getting my position, bro, that kid just punched me in the stomach, sucker punched me, and he ran. But he punched me in the stomach so hard that I was like bending over and gasping for air. I'm not kidding you. It seemed like an eternity. It must have been like two minutes, all right? But I was bending over, gasping for air, trying to breathe because I lost my breath for a second when this kid punched me. And I ran after him, but I wasn't that fast, you know, so couldn't catch up. <laughs> I have these crazy stories, man. Sucker punched me in the stomach and left me without air. And I want to tell you something, church. I think a lot of times we're getting sucker punched all the time. And we're losing our air constantly. And it's hard to walk around when you can't breathe. How many of you guys have tried it? Some of my kids are going to the pool and they're like, let's see how long we can hold our breath for. Go down there. And when you get out, man, you're like, you take this big, you know, gulp of air. I don't know if that's the right word to say, you know, but you're like... COVID was a soccer punch in the stomach, hit hard. Some of you guys got sick. I got sick. It's like, what in the world's going on? Some people lost family members. I know people from our church that lost parents, older parents through COVID. I know people that lost their jobs during COVID. COVID it's still around. This morning I was in the car and I just told my wife, sorry, I'm going to say this, guys. Don't get upset at me. I told my wife, I hate this mask. I hate this mask. Like, when are we going to be able to finally be able to just forget? And I forget about it. I go out and I forget about it. The other day I walked into Publix without a mask and people were like looking at me like, <laughs> like, no, I thought I had something in my nose or something. Like, what I did not have in my nose that they were looking at. <laughs> like, it's like, because I forget, I forget, I forget. I just go about my business and stuff like that. But COVID came and hit us and, and left us without, without breath, you know. And a broken marriage can leave you without breath. Losing your business can leave you without breath. Having a child sick with a terminal illness can leave you without breath. Or having a, a young son or daughter with an addiction that doesn't seem to break off of them could leave you without breath. This life will leave you without breath in a lot of moments and in a lot of situations. And when I think about Numa, I think about a breath of fresh air. Because in the middle of all the craziness that's going on, I believe that when I walk into this place, all of a sudden I could, I could breathe. I could go into a meeting with some of my boys and some of the small groups and get together and, and some of the work relationships might not be going right, but now I'm with two or three people that I could, I could breathe. I come to a prayer meeting and all of a sudden I tell some of the people, hey, I'm going through this, that, can you pray for me? I could breathe. 
where the worship starts playing like it is now and I could just raise my hands and touch heaven and say, oh, I was made for this. I was made for this. I could breathe. So what is Numa to me? A breath of fresh air. A breath of fresh Just God's breath over me. Bringing life to me. Bringing life to where so many things want to bring death and destruction and disappointment and hurt and pain. This is a family, church. This is a family. We are a family. And I want to share this prophetic word over you. Because I was finishing this message. It's like, Lord, show me Numa. How you see us. How you see us, Lord, our, our task. Next week, I'm going to talk to you guys about our vision. So I told the Lord, Lord, show us how you see us. And the Lord took me to the scripture. And I'm closing with the scripture this morning. So I'm prophesying this over you. But it's in Ezekiel 37. And in Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel's having this vision and he sees a valley full of dry bones. That's the condition of our world today. It's dry bones. People are drying out. People are rotting out in front of us. And the prophet starts to have this vision. And look what Ezekiel 37, starting in verse 1, it says... The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. And they were scattered everywhere. Aren't are the problems and the situations just scattered everywhere right now? Just look at people and just their situations all over the... That's how it was. It says they were scattered everywhere across the ground and they were completely dried out that's the world and he asked me son of man can these bones become living people again oh sovereign lord i replied you alone know the answer to that then he said to me speak a prophetic message to these bones and say dry bones Listen to the word of the Lord. And that's what you and I are called to do to this world. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you alive again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. When that breath comes upon us, God's breath, we come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as the Lord told me. And suddenly as I spoke, guys, receive this word. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed all over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. You see, you can have people and they look living, but until there's breath in them, there's no life. 
There was still no breath in them. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, O son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds and breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as the Lord commanded me and breath came into their bodies and all and they all came to life and stood up to their feet. And then it says here, a great army. Numa Church, we're called to bring that breath to the nations. We're called to bring that breath of God to our neighborhoods. We're called to bring that breath of God to the families and the people that we come in contact. They might look like they're dead, but once you start speaking, once you start praying, once you start having a conversation, all of a sudden God is going to use you, Numa Church, to bring that presence to bring that family atmosphere, to bring purpose, to bring fresh air, a breath of fresh air. To give hope a reason for living. To connect them back to God and to the purposes that He has for their life. I want you to close your eyes this morning. As we kick off the series today, we are NUMA. And you might be there sitting down at home in your living room, dining room. You might be in your bedroom. You might be in this room right now under the sound of my voice. And you might be, Pastor, I've been soccer punched. Pastor, you don't understand. I have lost my breath. I have lost my air. I need that breath of fresh air in my life. I need a touch from God today. And if that's you this morning, there were your eyes closed. Just tell the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you to breathe upon me today. I need you to breathe upon me today. I need a touch from you right now, Holy Spirit. And just let the Holy Spirit just touch you right there where you're at. Let Him minister to you right there where you're at. Thank you, Lord. 